Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Life Church Rewind Podcast. My name is Michael, and I'm here with Pastor David Sangster. And we just want to make a special announcement uh, right at the top here. So when we started this podcast, Pastor Dave, Mm -hmm. uh, it was our original vision that what we were going to do was first we wanted to see if there was any uh, want, need, or tolerance for a church podcast. It was something that, you know, we thought was an exciting project. And when we started out, our original goal— was to create the Rewind Season 1. Yeah. And we thought what we would do is we would use this podcast as a means to keep the church connected mm-hmm. between um, basically seasons. between seasons. And if you don't go to our church, what yeah. we do is we have like small group almost semesters. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of two gaps during the year where people aren't meeting together in small groups. And we thought this would be a good way to keep people connected, give them some, you know, summer biblical literacy, literacy or the summer. Yeah. Just, and maybe just a touch of entertainment yeah, too. Absolutely. And so we're reaching the end. Can you imagine uh, all, all summer long and all, now it's summer's over almost. Yeah, we're going to do, I think like 13 or 14 episodes yeah. of this. Yeah. And so just so you know, this is the first part of a, of two, a part. two part episode that is the season finale yeah season finale and as far as going forward after next week you'll have to stay tuned yep. we're not 100 percent sure what the future of this podcast is yeah. but just so you're aware that uh, we are coming to the end of that first season so uh, i'll give you a chance but right off the top i just want to thank you for listening uh this has been a blessing to me to, to be able mm. to do this every week to prepare it every week and kind of and for me, listening to the sermons in a slightly different way yeah. than if I was mm-hmm. just just there and, and trying to mine it out. So, uh, Pastor Dave, I think do you have been, any? I, I appreciate all the feedback we've gotten from people that have enjoyed uh, listening to it and they feel like they've gotten something out of it. Um, it would be something that we, you know, would do every, every all the time, but it's the whole goal of it was to fill these gaps. So there'll be other gaps that'll come up between the semesters and maybe we'll do some specials here and there. But um, yeah, I really appreciate everybody who's, who's tuned in and there's going to be up. These are going to stay up. The channel's not going away. Uh, so I would encourage you people who have friends and stuff that like you can still tell them about that and they can go back and listen to all the archives. Right. So if you are listening to us and you are a like follower, subscribe person, right. We're going to use this feed most likely in the future for different kinds of things. Maybe there'll be like just one-off episodes or things like that. So, yeah, you know, please keep this, uh, you know, channel open in your podcast Absolutely. app or whatever. Okay. So with that being said. Let's to the finale. Two parts. To Here the, we go. Part one of two. Yep. We're in the series, How to Pray. Yep. And we're in a, uh, a sermon called Cadence of prayer the cadence yep the cadence and what was the 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 main idea of this of this message that we're going to start one of two of yeah so because cadence is kind of a weird for word. some people it might be kind of a weird word yeah. first we had the template right and then we had the posture the posture yeah and now we have the cadence so the so, cadence would be something along the lines of like uh how often do i pray what is do i is there is there a regularity to this prayer? What should that regularity be? 
these types of things, how cadence is how often things happen. So um, in this two-part cadence, uh, the two-part sermon on, on the cadence, we're going to talk about uh, continuousness and, and persistence. So the big idea of this particular two-part message is the scriptures teach us that we should develop a continuous and persistent cadence of prayer. So we dealt with on this past Sunday the, uh, the continuous prayer. What does it mean to be in continuous prayer? Because I think when you read in the Bible, mm-hmm. when Paul says, pray without ceasing, yeah. that you, you, you're at least my mind, surely you must be exaggerating, Paul. Right. But he kind of wasn't, right? No, he wasn't. And I think we have to change our way we think about prayer in order to accommodate scriptures like that, right? If we consider prayer to be just that sacred moment of the posture that we talked about last week, the, the the quiet place, which is vitally important. Right. But if it ends, if that if that's the end of it, then we're missing a key aspect of how Paul and, and Jesus really teach us to pray, which is in this continuous relationship um, idea where we're not we're not held to these m- sacred moments of prayer, but we're bringing the sacred into the every day. Right. So when I heard that word cadence, yep. it right in my mind, it went back to when I was a kid and I was playing football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the quarterback gets under the center and he does his like blue 82, blue 82 set hike mm-hmm. or whatever. We mm-hmm. used to call that the quarterback's Oh, really? Cadence. Yeah, I didn't know that. Is a, and I think that's generally accepted across okay. you know, even to the pros in the matter or, or some. So when I was thinking about the cadence of prayer, the the first thing that went to my mind was like, the order of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there is something to, I said, you have your, we talked about the quiet place. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of prayer, mm-hmm. but then there's, how do I want to say it? That as you move through your day, if you're going to be obedient to this praying without ceasing, mm-hmm. surely we have to have almost like multi kinds of prayer in our tool yeah. belt almost. Right. right? Yep. And, and, and I think, I think the biggest li- limiting factor to this is our own, um, understanding of what prayer should be. And I think this is derived from um, more traditional views of, uh, of orthodoxy. I think it's also derived from, uh, unfortunately, influ- I should derive or influenced by, by pagan practice that we've integrated into church, church life, right. um, that there has to be this sacred space and that and that's only this that's one and it's not wrong as far as like yes the sacred space is absolutely important um but what jesus brought to us through his his life death resurrection and and uh, connection with the father is that we carry that sacred space with us that the sacred space is not a location it's not a temple anymore it's not up on the hill it's it comes with us in the person of the holy spirit so if the holy spirit is inside of you then that that person that you are praying to is accessible anytime, anywhere uh, throughout your day and your life. And that's that's such an amazing gift, and we don't use it enough. I know this is a little bit off topic, but it made me think of this. It's something that I always found like inspiring and funny in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And there's it's um, I think it's in Joshua, but there's this part where it talks about how the armies of Israel— um, they weren't allowed to go number two mm-hmm. in the camp. Yeah. They had to go. They had to go away yep. and do it right. Yep. Dig a hole. Go or whatever. number two. <laughs> but what's funny about that is it's not about sanitation. Yeah. 
because then it goes into how the Lord, your God, walks in the camp yeah. with you. So he, you don't, you don't go number two just for sanitations because you don't want, yeah, the Lord Himself to step in this this yeah. this poop in the camp. <laughs> and, and as funny as that sounds, what you were saying to me is like, wherever we go, mm-hmm. it's just like the Lord being in that yeah. military camp. That right, the sacred ground. It's almost like a spotlight that's always underneath us yes. wherever we go. Yes. And I know those things aren't directly connected, but in my brain they are. When you said that, I was like, "Yes, it's just you, know, you could pray anywhere, just just not in the bathroom." Right. No, <laughs> no, but, but he's all. But he's. Yeah. But but just that the sacredness of the ground is because he lives in you. Yeah. And, and now where you are. And it, we talked about that on Sunday when it comes to the, the, the transition from um, BC to AD worship. This the veil of separation being completely removed, and now the presence of God is released in the church, in the people, um, so that we don't have that formality. Now we got to be careful that we don't overdo that lack of formality and mm-hmm. become, you know, apostate in the way we treat God. Like we don't want Him to step in our crap either. <laughs> you know, like I think that's part of it. So. I want to ask you a question now. We talk about how some of our continuous prayer can't be that like really, you know, how was like you, I think you might have said like sanctified prayer, like your quiet time. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example of something that I never considered prayer, but mm-hmm. maybe it actually is. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you a, a fake example, but say um, I'm going somewhere mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to have like a difficult conversation. Yep. And right before I kind of walk into the room, I'll say to myself in my head, like something like this, okay, God, here we go. Mm-hmm. And I've done this before. And I've like, and I've also often wondered, like, is that me being like flippant with it? Or is that kind of in just because this is not an you know, exact example, right. is that what some of those like continuous prayers can look like? Just like this blip in your head that mm-hmm. you're at least for a moment acknowledging that. I need your help, I need your support, or I need your wisdom, I need your guidance. That So that situation I gave you. I would say absolutely, um, as long as that's how you meant it, right? So and, if, if you're inviting right. God into that meeting by saying, all right, Lord, here we go. Like, be with me, let's go. But it, but it is that quick. That's a throw. That's yeah. a, you know, that's, that's sure. a, because would it be more potent if you got on your knees? And no, I don't, I don't really think so. I mean, um, could there be could there be times where you are praying about this in a more intentional way? But no, you're in the middle of you're going into. Well, I do this all the time. I mean, you you the, the thing you just said, I do every time I meet with somebody. And and I mean it's it's that quick yeah, in my mind, right? And I don't I don't do the amen all yeah, that. I, yeah. it's literally here it's like here we go god let's do this yeah or here we go god yeah. And, and and yeah i i hopefully i don't do it flippantly but no no but you know that. what i mean most yeah. of the time and no, i guess I, i've never quite considered that a prayer yeah it is though okay good it is a prayer it's good. a it's 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 a continuous prayer it's inviting god into your situation in the moment and i think those are those are some vital it, it's living in the reality of god not just um changing your reality to be with God. It's living, bringing God into your reality. Right. And I guess my difficulty in learning the service, I I know I considered it an acknowledgement of mm-hmm. God, but I wasn't ever so sure I could call that. Yeah. 
prayer because I did kind of have that conception of prayer that prayer is like mm-hmm. this very formal specific yeah. thing. And and it's so both, it's it's both and. It's both and. And so you said in this series we were learning prayer mm-hmm. is a conversation mm-hmm. and not just a monologue or a one-sided dialogue. Right. So that's kind of like in a way it's like say talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. But what do you do just in like the real practical way, if you you feel like you're talking on this phone and you're talking on this phone, mm-hmm. and and you do take the advice they you've learned in this series, mm-hmm. you you try to give room, but you're not hearing anything on the other line. Mm-hmm. What does it sound like to hear from God? Well, I the only the only thing I can attest to is how I hear from God. So that's that's what I'll share with you. Okay, and sure. I, I think that there's. I think that there's, uh, you know, a personality. God speaks to us in ways that we can best understand it. Um, a lot of times we just got to train ourselves to hear. So this question comes to me qu- quite a bit. I'm sure it does. How, how do I know I'm hearing from when I'm hearing from God, if I'm hearing from God? How do I know it's God and not just my own thoughts, my mind talking to me? Right. I, th- I was watching a... Uh, I was listening to a uh, Joe Rogan podcast the other day, and Joe actually actually asked the speaker, who was a Christian, that very same idea. Our minds are so tech, uh, so so uh, amazing and so complicated. How do I know that it's God speaking to me and not just my own mind? I'm like, that's a really that's why Joe Rogan is so popular because he asks really good questions. And that <laughs> that question, and the nature of that question. Not only has it torn apart Christian denominations, but yep. that, that's a, that's actually as obvious as it sounds. It's a serious question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a serious question. So I'll, I'll give you my experience. Um, God, when I, when I hear God's voice, um, a lot of times, and I think this is really healthy. A lot of times, um, it's not just my my thoughts. It actually is being uh, scriptures being brought to my attention that are already in me you know when when jesus combated when spoke to the devil he used scripture mm-hmm. scripture is is really the the conduit point for a lot of the communication of god okay um so it's not just scripture being brought to my mind but it's uh, it's god using scripture to communicate a greater a greater message to the situation that I'm praying about. Sure, sure. Um, other times, uh, it's it's not even. Uh, and and this, trust me, I just wanted to make it clear that I'm not hearing audible voices. I've never heard an audible voice of God. Right. Um, some people claim they have. I'm not going to question their experience, but um, my yeah, experience. Yeah, because I mean, if someone's making that claim, yep, that's between them and God. If they're fibbing or not telling the truth or whatever but i mean there's, there's scriptural precedent for it so i don't 100 you know, percent. So, it is but i just wanted to say that, yeah you so, know so but i have never i but, do take people at their word more often than not right when they say something right. like that but go ahead so and what, scriptural pre- precedent we'll also get back to that in a second but um a lot of times when i'm i'm praying and i feel god's presence it's not a whole lot of conversation it's more um uh just a sense of peace a sense of a uh, direction or or, you know, don't worry, you know, like this feeling of don't worry. It's kind of like a hug. It sounds really cheesy, but I, I, I hope maybe you can understand it. Um, but when I really have sensed God speaking to me directly, yeah, not using scripture, not a feeling, it's typically 
um, how, how do I say it? Like more distinct than the, than the spoken word. Um, the other day I was praying, I was actually sharing this with, with staff meeting this morning. Uh, I was praying about something. Um, and I, and I just heard God in my spirit say the doors that God's open, that God opens, no man can close. And I didn't hear it audibly, but like, it was like almost seared into my conscience. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's, it's a reference to scripture, but it's not direct scripture. Um, but it was, it was very clear, very obvious. And it was like, and that, that statement was, um, you got, you got to stop worrying about this. I, I got this. No one can close this door that I've opened. You got to just walk in faith with it. Just, you know, trust me. And, and, and then those conversations start playing out in your mind as you know, you dissect that thing. So yes, I am not saying it's super clear cut and I wish I could give you a better, like, but I think it's personal. I think you gotta, you gotta be comfortable with quiet to For be sure. able to hear those things. And then the last thing I'll say about it is this. Um, some people ask me, how do I know it's not the devil? Some people said, how do I know the devil's not trying to influence me when I'm, so how do you know? Um, what the word of God is consistent always. He's the same yesterday. So if 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 you get a word that's either you know, you know you or the burrito you ate last night or you know a demonic influence, you're gonna know by if it jives with scripture. You got to be able to check your prayer life with scripture. If it is scripturally uh, backed or scripturally plausible then I think you step forward into it and, and you believe it um, until you get a check in your spirit that this is not scriptural. And if you have any questions about whether it's scriptural because you're not well-versed in the scriptures yet, that's when like a Christian brother or sister or pastor can help you. Yeah, what the church is for. Right. And I'm glad you went there because the ultimate, I guess, answer, at least for me, I would say it's not so much like what does it sound like when God speaks to you. Right. That is important. I'm not diminishing right. that. But the beautiful thing about the way God has designed the universe is right. that there's there is like a ultimate clearance mechanism. Right. You can you can go to your scripture and right away some of these things that we may think, you know, God wants for us, yeah. if it doesn't check out with scripture, it's actually a convenient way to then now say that's not God. Then it's not God. I can, I can yeah. you know, disabuse this in my consciousness and I can move I on. I mean, every single cult that's ever been created has been created on the uh, the premise that I heard something from, from God. Yeah. Right? Or, or an angel. God speaks, or angel speaks to me. Like, I have divine knowledge. And then they build this cult around it where, and, and people get deceived by this because they're not checking it with an objective truth. They're just going with what this person is saying or the interpretation of this person where they could go back to an objective truth such as the word of God and say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. I, this is kind of a – it's on topic, but it's it's kind of a funny thing. But I remember I was listening one time to uh, – I was listening to another podcast and it was – it was um, Not as good as this podcast. No, obviously no, not. No. It's <laughs> the best one ever. But it was a, it was a bunch of reformed – Okay. You know, people who were really reformed in their yeah, theology, reformed theology yeah. and uh, – Let's put it this way, way more reformed than I. Yeah. But I remember one guy was talking about this topic and he's like, if an angel came to me mm -hmm. and told me to do something, mm -hmm. I'm going to hand up my Bible and say, show me where it says it in here. Absolutely. And it was kind of a, 
a braggadocious thing to say. Yeah, like, like, probably you, in a like snarky you, way. Like yeah. you would talk that tough to the angel, but yeah. I it stuck in my brain because I was like, yes, when we get into this whole conversations yep. with mm-hmm. God, the 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 best thing we have going for mm-hmm. us is that we have the scriptures. And he that, cannot deny his own word. Right. He cannot. That's is there anything God can't do? Yes. God cannot contradict himself. So there you go. So the next topic, you said something in the sermon that made me think of something else I had heard out there. You said we, I'm not going to, it's not an exact quote, but basically that if you pray about something when it's small, Mm -hmm. it might prevent it from, Mm. from getting big. And what, what it reminded me of is that Prayer isn't always our first response yeah. to an, uh, something that might hurt us or inspire us. But if it was, perhaps we would be mm-hmm. um, praying about it before it got big. Right. And that made me think of a quote from Dr. Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. And he's not talking about prayer, but he's talking about how um, something that's in your life that that's you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. He compares those things to dragons mm-hmm. when he's you know kind of coaching young men along. And he says... If you have to fight a dragon, you should go to its lair before it comes to your village. Yeah. And I think there's two things there. For the guys, it's fight the dragon away from your family. Maybe you get down Mm -hmm. and you pray about it for your family. But also, I think I heard him say this, but maybe you want to fight the dragon when it's in its lair, when it's in its infancy. Yeah, when it's in its egg. When it's egg (laughs) or it's a little tiny, cute little dragon before it becomes this thing. And I think those two lines of thought are connected. Absolutely. What say you? I say we're digging deep into podcast lore today. We got Joe yeah, Rogan and all. Jordan Peterson. Hitting all fields. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I love that analogy because um, first off, I think it's so healthy, especially for the men that are listening right now. Jordan Peterson is known for his encouragement towards towards the man culture, right? Um, I think it's so important for us to understand that life is going to to provide battles for us, and we gotta fight them. And C.S. Lewis said too. I think it was in the uh, when they re-released the uh, Chronicles of Narnia as a set or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he had this quote about it's important to tell our children mm-hmm. about dragons and fairy tales mm-hmm. and villains because when they become adults, as men or adults in the church too, like you are going to come under fire from demonic activity, mm-hmm. from the, the principalities yep. of this world the spirit of the age, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. So like... It sets the narrative young. Right. So yeah. you, you want to expose your kids to villains because so that they're not surprised right. when they become an adult. Yeah. So now you're an adult and you got to go fight these dragons. Yeah. There are going to be quote unquote dragons, dragons you got to fight. You got to slay them. And so so that's great for the for the men and even women, like the concept of like, you know, don't, don't be surprised and don't be, you know, uh, shocked when villains come up when dragons arise when life hits it's it's part of it and it's kind of our job to subdue this earth and to take it on and to fight something uh we're not going to do that by sitting in our mother's basement playing you know video games we got to get out into the world and and slay some dragons first that's the first statement second statement is this yeah the the coolest thing about what coolest thing i saw the coolest thing about but the yeah. great one of the greatest things about our reality in christ it can be cool yeah it could go but the, that's not an insult that's, that's, for, not the, that's for the young in, kids in opinion, yeah. we speak cool jive. talk yeah <laughs> the greatest thing about our reality in christ is that um we don't fight these dragons alone we don't fight this battle alone he's given us 
the power of prayer to to invoke the supernatural and also to gird us in the fight you know we can't you know when we pray we're asking for for the god of the universe to enter the natural and to be with us in our fight whether to supernaturally by miraculous means take it out or to give us the strength to to go through the fight together uh, with him he's never going to leave us alone but we don't use that like we should we we let these these things grow in our lives and we try all the natural ways to to extinguish the the, the the issues in our lives. And then when we're so overwhelmed by them, we are pressed to our knees. And then we we finally go to God with them. When God wants us to, in our in our regular continuous cadence of prayer, be bringing these things in, in, in front of him all along the way. Right. So there really is a lot of wisdom in this idea that like, if there's a... Pr- something that's happening to you. Yeah. It's almost like letting a fire burn out of control right. when you could have just got the fire extinguisher, you could have got the yeah. prayer going and, mm-hmm. you know, cause most people realize how much, um, isn't in a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Like there's not as much gas as you think yeah. there is, but if you, if you surround something with prayer early on, mm-hmm. it probably is going to help yeah. the spread of this thing. Yeah. Um, the, 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 when we talk about this dragon analogy, um, when when Paul is talking about the weapons of our warfare, one of these things he said, we need the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. Of the evil one. I mean, that's not if that's not a reference to dragons or whatever. That's it's pretty. That's a pretty you know vivid picture. And faith is this is this continuous walk with God this I believe that God is walking with me I'm going to, he's going to be my shield against these these things and prayer is in this cadence of prayer this ongoing holding up the shield is this continuous cadence of prayer and it it's so underused I think in our culture hopefully the church is learning to be I always this is how I phrase it I'm sure I heard it from somebody else but to be we, we need to be a church that's quick to its knees and just for a moment here, if you don't think dragons may or may not have existed, mm-hmm. read Job 41. Yeah, if, you, if you have not read that in a while. You and your Job. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I keep talking about Job. But listen, it says here, uh, what does it say? I'm just pulling it up real quick. Basically, it describes some kind of lizard that breathes fire and all this other yeah. thing. So just I'll speak for Michael. I believe in dragons, yes. and not only do I believe in dragons, I think it's biblical. Yeah. So you might have to slay some in your life, but I just, not to make light of it, but prayer should be our mm-hmm. first line of defense in all these different things that happen. But seriously, go read Job 41. Right. Um, I mean, read Job 41 and um, then start thinking about the correlation between shield of faith, which is this concept of, of continuous prayer. You're, you're continually holding up this faith. And then what is the only offensive weapon? That's the word of God. So right. when God speaks to you in prayer and he brings scripture to memory in prayer, when he, I mean, these are powerful things. Right. And our very enemy is going to bring that same word of God as a sword back at us. It's very right. interesting how yeah. you see the devil it's, it's, it's interact. Fencing, <laughs> supernatural fencing. Beware the Jabberwocky, my son. So let's wrap up the podcast okay. like this. Because um, we haven't talked about this yet. 
we talked about in the template how part of the Lord's Prayer is our daily bread. Right. And then this week we talked about how you kind of um, talked about how that part of the Lord's Prayer harkens us back to the Israelites' dependence mm-hmm. on bread, this magical bread right. that we don't really know much about this. It's one of the weird things of the Bible. Dragons like, and magic. We're really going there. Yeah, there. and manna, right? So we're talking about <laughs> manna, our daily bread and manna. Let's just talk a bit about manna. First, yeah. just real quick, what do you think it looked like? Because you almost get this idea. See, I get this idea. It's more like bread crumbs because it's like dew. You collect it. I don't know. Maybe you cake it together yeah. and eat it. What do you think? They look, it looked like coriander seed on the ground, which is kind of like a grainy, like yeah. it was almost almost be like grain. But do you think you had to like make cakes out of it? Like, I don't know. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think you ground it. I think you made anything you want out of it. I think, you, <laughs> I think it was, you know, probably very akin to what they were used to using in Egypt, which would be grain that you would, mm-hmm. you would, you know, grind into flour and things like that. They had all the capability of doing that. They just didn't have access to anything that they could do that with. So God provided for that. So it says it came down with the dew. So it's almost like dew droplets that solidified and they made like these seed type. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I almost pictured it almost like a, I almost pictured like a crust, like a, fl- a cornflake. No, more like, um, you know, those dipping dots at the fair. Yeah. But, yeah, but oh, bread, yeah. but bread. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's the kind of like a coriander seed, like a little yeah. little uh, round, something like that. Yeah. So okay, so that aside, <laughs> dipping dots. Because good luck trying to describe to someone what <laughs> yeah, man is. Right? Um, I never thought of using dipping dots as an analogy for manna, but that's yeah. great. I like it. <laughs> um, but anyway, manna and our daily bread. Yeah. How does this tie into the cadence of prayer? Mm-hmm. So, like we said on on Sunday, the cadence of prayer needs to be something that we we are doing daily it needs to be something that we work into our lives not just a a moment where um we spend the sacred time when we think of the old testament we think of this um the sacred moments of the times the the festivals and the prayer mm-hmm. times and the sacrifices those are those sacred moments that we would probably contextualize today as that secret place of yeah. prayer whereas when we talk about manna it was the daily provision of God. It was continuous. It happened every day at a certain time. Um, they could only uh, they could only collect enough of whatever this substance thing was, was. Um, which manna means. What is it? That's what the name. That's what the word. Yeah. So means. maybe they were just as they, puzzled. Yeah. As they we were like, what's yeah. this? They knew what Tippendoss were. They made they know. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, what is this stuff? They, yeah. They had to go pick it up daily. If they stored any more than what they needed for that day, it would it would rot. And um, I think it's just a lesson for us to understand that the nature of God, the desire of God, is for us to rely on him more than seasonally, more than um, uh, in an emergency. He wants us to rely on us for everything that we go through the day, the daily things that we need. Like imagine if we relied on prayer Mm -hmm. to the point where if we did not have it, we would die. Yeah. Because in in the comparison to manna, that was wait, didn't they get like maybe quail one time or well, whatever? Because they complained about the manna, <laughs> right, right. But 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 that this yeah. thing without it, they would die. Oh no, they would and, not. Have and survived. I'll be even honest for myself, guilty. I wish that was my attitude every day. Oh, doesn't every Christian? Yeah, about I mean, prayer. That if I didn't participate in this conversation with God, yeah, I would literally die. Yeah, I mean, I think Jesus, Jesus, even even in that. Uh, Use the analogies. I have I have bread that you guys don't even know about. You know, 
my my food is to do the will of God. I, I'm constantly it's it's like like you know, man does not live on bread alone. Like these these constant uh, statements by by Jesus of comparing his relationship, his connection to the Father as being more important to him and sustaining to his being than than like food itself. So yes, that's the goal. I mean, this is Christ, right? So we're always going to fall short of his perfection but that's the model that he set and i think more importantly it's the uh the model that he set shows us the heart of the god to whom we have relationship with he wants to have this regular um continuous open conversation relationship with his kids that's what he wants that's the whole point of getting us out of the sacrificial system into a you know age of grace relationship with God is this reopening of this Garden of Eden, uh, every moment conversation with the God of the universe. And we need to learn to, to quiet our hearts, quiet our minds to be able to have that, um, that continual conversation. Yeah, and you said manna was called what? What is it? What is it? And what, what I find so fascinating about the comparison you made between manna and prayer mm-hmm. is you could almost define prayer the same way. Absolutely. It's that mysterious. It, it, it is so necessary for our very existence mm-hmm. like it was for the Israelites. But what is it? What is it? And that's why I'm so glad that we've been doing this series, yeah. How to Pray, because it doesn't matter how long you've, you have or haven't been walking with Christ. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about what prayer is because yeah. even though we, we, we did a lot of learning about it, what is it? And I think if you wait, to, to, to know beyond a shadow of doubt every in and out of what prayer is and, and what it's supposed to do and how it's going to be before you implement it, you'll, you'll never do it. I think of course you won't. part of it is just, you know, doing it. Start praying. You'll be amazed at, at, the, at the level of interaction that you have with the Father. And it's going to, you know, Michael has his own experience with prayer. I have my own experience with prayer. And God made me and God made Michael and we communicate with him and, and dialogue, and it may look a little bit different because he knows us individually. Beautiful. So you, listener, might have that, you know, a different way of, of connecting. So what's on tap next week to close out how to pray? Yeah, um, t- next week's a difficult one from a standpoint of um, we've all, those who've been in the faith for any period of time, we've prayed for things that we haven't received. And... Sometimes that puts us in a place of where, where, where were you, God, on that one? I thought you cared, or uh, maybe I'm not praying right, or maybe I'm not holy enough for God to, you know, there's all these doubts that come into our mind when prayers go unanswered the way we think they should be. And, um, and we're going we're gonna to delve into that, but then we're going to, uh, at the end of that, ser- uh, uh, that sermon, we're going to piggyback into what we're going to be talking about through the month of September. And uh, I hope you can be there for the month of September. We're going to be, it's our missions emphasis month. And uh, we're going to be talking about the great commission and what God has called us to do. So we're going to dovetail prayer into pray and go. And that's how we're going to end the sermon. Pray and go. go. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, I hope one you more. En- one more to go for yeah. season one. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Uh, this podcast has been a blessing uh, for me, and I guess I'll speak for Pastor yeah, Dave. Yeah. So please remember to like, follow, or subscribe on whatever uh, podcast platform yeah. you use. Or if you uh, 
watch or listen to on YouTube or however we have it. And um, just remember to keep this uh, channel open and you might get updates after season one from time to time. And I just just pray that this has been a blessing to you like it has been Mm -hmm. for us. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you next week. Hey, God bless, guys. Matthew 28.